right. Welcome to a Mother's Day edition of the Bluminati podcast, proudly presented by Homefield Apparel. Guys, some some late breaking news uh, on this wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, happy Mother's Day to, to all the mothers. Uh, happy Mother Mother's Day to, to my beautiful wife, Samantha, who has graciously been OK with USF once again, hijacking a holiday. Not only is it uh, her ber- her birthday every single year gets tied up with the football game. And, and and now now Mother's Day, so God bless her. Wish your your wife a happy Mother's Day, uh, Seth, and and uh, your your mother, uh, Steeg, and your wife Seth, and everybody uh, in between. Um, but man, what a time! What a time! Let's get this jump right into it. Baylor quarterback Gary, Gary, guys, Gary. It's Gary, like a snail, like a snail. Gary Bohannon has decided to hashtag come to USF. Let's go. A bit Let's of a shocker, go. right? Like uh, Steve and I were talking about it earlier in the week, and we were both like, why even talk about it? It's probably got a 15% chance of happening. Like, don't let's not get everyone riled up. Let's right. wait and see what happens. And then it happens. So I, I, was a, I was a bit shocked, actually. I didn't think it was – uh, going to happen because I in in my mind he's going somewhere to start like he would start at Missouri certainly seems like he would right that's I kind of that's kind of what you're reading and seeing they've tried to get two other transfer portal quarterbacks and they only have two scholarship quarterbacks that are young he, so he probably starts at Missouri so let's well, see he's not coming here to be second I don't think I don't think I so either I don't think so either. <laughs> So, Just gonna make that fun, yeah. Um, and we'll get into. I get like the, there's a lot of USF fans scorned by the last like seven transfer quarterbacks that have come in <laughs> to USF. So I completely get it. Um, uh, uh, we'll 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 talk about that. We'll discuss maybe why this is a little bit different. But Seth, to your point, man. We we went into uh, you know in our Slack channel we're like should we pot about this and it was kind of more of a let's wait and see what happens let's not rile the masses uh, we tend to do that sometimes so uh, we we laid off a little bit and just kind of let it out you know when when the news kind of broke that he was coming for a visit what was that Tuesday Monday or Tuesday of this past week it was. You know, my initial gut reaction is, okay, this coaching staff thinks that they have enough talent at other positions that they can compete for six wins, seven wins this season. So uh, am I totally off base that maybe this is why they, they go out and bring in a guy who started for a 12-win team who won the Big 12, who won the Sugar Bowl, albeit he wasn't great in the Sugar Bowl, but he was coming off of a – and a hamstring injury that kept him out. The, I think the final two games of, of the regular season, or at least the Big Twelve championship game. So, I mean, does this change your your thought process heading into you know fall camp's always the thing. There's still going to be, I I'd assume, there's still going to be some tr- uh, attrition. But does this change your kind of or, you know raise the floor I, or ceiling maybe um, for your expectations going into 2022? Seth, let's start with you. Yeah, I, th- I think you said exactly what I thought initially. It's like this definitely raises your floor, I think. You got a guy that's a proven winner. Now, he's not I, – I don't think he's, like, going to come in and light the world on fire necessarily. Maybe he will. 
Um, he's really talented. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, the 10th dual-threat quarterback in the country, number one player in the state of Arkansas his senior year. So he was a pretty big-time recruit. Um, I saw in the transfer portal rankings, he was an 89, which is just off the four-star. Ahead of guys like Bo Nix um, and a couple other bigger names that uh, transferred out this year. So he was pretty well thought of by people around the country. And he won a lot of games. And you saw last year, there were some winnable games where just a play here or there, maybe there's some issues, you know, some freshman mistakes. If you clean those up with an upperclassman, maybe you win a couple more games last year. So I, I, it definitely strikes me as a, a kind of a let's, let's win now. Let's not wait. If, if this guy can come in and add something, then let's do it. And then, you know, Trickett got to see it up close and personal because Bohannon's best game last year was against West Virginia. He torched him for like 330 yards passing, four touchdowns, and then another rushing touchdown. So he killed them. Um, so he got to see it live and in, in living color. So, you know, I, I think he's probably got it. And then he got to see the quarterbacks this spring. So he's probably got a pretty good idea about, you know, what he can bring to this team and if he can make them better. At worst, you're bringing in great competition and if you know timmy beats him out then you're like he's really ready to go and if he's not ready well then you got a guy that's proven he can win games at a big at a high level right and Stieg, uh you know kind of to piggyback off that uh gary has he has two years of eligibility left right so this isn't just a you know uh you know kind of a, a win now kind of mentality this is you can be good for two years Potentially, if Gary sticks it out, you know, that that extra COVID year, who knows what's going to happen, you know, 2023, if he, you know, is good enough to go to the draft or, you know, heads to the portal again, it doesn't, you know, you know, in the, in the world of, of NIL and, and college football today, we have no idea what these kind of transfers are going to be, but what's, you know, the future of, of this, this quarterback rooms, uh, it's maybe a little bit murkier, but at the same time, it's, pretty clear you don't bring a guy like this in to to ride the pine is that, is right. that a fair assumption yeah it's it's pretty fair i mean it, the the key thing of this all was that usf er, and jeff scott and clint trick or travis trick excuse me they weren't necessarily quarterback hunting but when the opportunity presented themselves you know, that's not something you can really turn down. And and it, it, this isn't an indictment or this isn't anything negative towards Katravis Mars, Byron Brown, or, or Timmy McClain here. This is just, you have an opportunity to get a guy who can come in and and really be that that missing piece that you needed on the offense. Um, I think he, Gary brings a, a really different but dynamic style of quarterbacking. And even then, yes, he does have, he has, and I put it in air quotes, it's two years is how it's being considered right now. Cause you do have that extra year of eligibility. I don't think he would stay unless, you know, there was more to this than were than I I've heard. I think he's probably a, a one year guy. That's just here to put up big numbers, believe in Jeff Scott, believe in, and trick it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, start the 12 games, 13 games, however games he plays this year, and then rides it into into hopefully going into the NFL or, or something along those lines. I'm not getting any indication that he 
if if he if he wants to come for two years, I'm sure he's welcome to. But I'm getting the indication it's probably a one and done kind of situation here. Um, he's you know been in school for almost five years now. Um, you know he not to say he's getting bored of it, but uh, there, there's only so many master's programs that you can get through uh, between Baylor and uh, and USF here. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, this doesn't really change much of the QB room dynamic. This is just kind of almost every single guy basically can redshirt now. Uh, Contravis Marshall side, who's already uh, used his redshirt. Timmy can redshirt. Byron Brown can redshirt. Gunnar Smith can redshirt. And they also have the remaining years of eligibility left. So really the only person that might be in the loser seat here is Marsh potentially. Um, but even then, you know, they all, all five of them are, are hungry competitors. You know, no one's going to just lose this starting quarterback competition and dip out, uh, you know, August 1st here or anything like that. I, I don't suppose that's, that's on the table. Um, it is a crowded QB room now. Uh, typically you probably want, you know, five chairs at the table, that fifth chair being your walk on quarterback, that scout team and, you know, has a good time and has fun. Um, so I think it's pretty much a crowded QB room. Someone's going to leave. That's just the nature of the business right now. That's just the nature of college football. I wouldn't get too uh, personal or upset towards any of that. You know, that's just the nature of, of how it is. And just a pretty stand up guy. I don't think anyone's going to transfer for August uh, at this point, though. Uh, to me, one thing this said to me, I thought in this when the news initially came out to me, I thought this said that they felt pretty good about Byron Brown. To, because you're not necessarily scared. If you're not necessarily scared about losing one of those older guys and older, you know, like a year older, but Marsh or McLean, if you're not necessarily scared about one of those guys leaving, then you probably feel pretty good about where Byron Brown's going to be in two years. Cause he came in, had a pretty good spring by uh, all reports. So that's another uh, piece to consider, I think. But it, it's it's a definitely a kind of a win now move. You're really putting all your chips in the, into the middle of the table here because if it goes bad, it kind of could blow up big time. There's not it's it's, right. it's hard. This one's hard to come back from if it doesn't if it goes wrong for you. But yeah, you got three and the program if it doesn't work straight on. <laughs> yeah, like you 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 go three and nine. Gary has a terrible year. You lose Timmy, and then you're back to square one. And like it. At this, I mean, at this point, you kind of throw your hands up in there and just kind of, you, you kind of have to roll the dice. Like, well, at, USF hasn't, you know, Gary put up 2,200 yards, 18 passing touchdowns to seven interceptions in 2021. And then he added 326 yards uh, on the ground and another uh, nine rushing touchdowns. Um, USF hasn't had that capability since 2017, Quentin Flowers' senior year. Like, this is this is a difference maker. And this guy is big. He's what, like six, three, two twenty-five, if I'm not mistaken. Like he's a, he's a stocky yeah. guy, six, three, two twenty-one. Um, you pair him with Jaron Mangum and Brian Batie and uh, Kelly Joyner. I mean, it's a pretty formidable backfield already. And then you've, you're adding uh, there's the skill position is really we we talked we've talked about multiple times uh, over the last you know couple of months the skill positions there like there's talent at the skill position it was they can they figure out the quarterback room and then once they figure that out is yeah. the defense going to be 
I, we're not asking for you know eighty five bears here. Like below average, you can win six games. Yeah. So I I think that's kind of the key. Does this is it worth like the risk reward? The risk is it blows up and you're kind of starting back over. Reward could possibly be bowl. Now you're you're bowling, which I think is a big step would be a big step forward that's needed mm-hmm. to kind of not just for the program but internally but externally as well with the fan base and kind of quelling some of the dissent uh in parts of the fan base just because the results have not been there yet i think we're in con you can take the results in context and try to um kind of provide context to the results but at a certain point results have to come so if this is the year they if this makes them make that jump to a bowl game, then I think it's probably worth taking that risk if they think this can kind of push them over the top there. It was uh, Chris Torello tweeted it, and I will reiterate this for the end of time. Um, I talked to a USF source last week, and tonight one of his comments rings true. Quote, the coaches are tired of talking about changing the culture. It's changed. They want to fucking win. And if that doesn't, it, like I, I mentioned in the article, like between Gary's comments, between this unnamed USF coaching staff, and I'm very positive I know who it is, it, this is win now. This is them putting literally all of the chips on the table. If it doesn't work now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this you, is, and it's it's not so much like, okay, if – you know, if they don't make this move and they win four games or something like that, like Jeff Scott's not on the hot seat. He's not getting fired in the offseason. Uh, but they know like, OK, we can only like go off of hope and, uh, you know, prayer for so long. Like we need to start seeing some results. Jeff Scott said it in the postgame presser after the Central Florida game is like, I know this isn't a lifetime deal. I, I know we need to start winning. And I think in this this offseason, he's he's done the right thing so far to at least give USF a shot to put a winning product on the field. And frankly, it started with firing Glenn Spencer. Yeah, I think the good first step. It really, it really was because then you see, okay, so with a competent defensive coordinator, the defense played very well in the final game of the season. You're thinking, well, did they have enough? Was there some talent? on the defensive side of the ball and you kind of go position position by position like, Oh yeah, well, yeah, kind of Will Jones comes back healthy. You know, Matt Hill's not thrown into the, to the fire after, uh, you know, converting to DB. And then you bring in a couple of transfers uh, and DJ Gordon and and Jalen Schuler, who look like absolute stars in the making, uh, you know, in the linebacker room. You fill out the defensive line a little bit with some transfers that can make splash plays. The pieces are starting to be there. And, uh, you know, I kind of go back to that gut reaction like, oh, they can go. They think they can win six games this year if they have if they hit on quarterback. That's just my that was just my gut feeling uh, to it. And, you know, it could be Timmy, but, uh, you know, his decision making skills weren't great and they didn't we've talked about this at Nassim said that didn't really improve as the season went on is it coaching or is it just just him that's up for debate and threw into like triple coverage in the spring game for an interception but besides that 
No, I think in um, Daniel asked earlier, like any kind of coaching, and I, I watched. I haven't watched a ton. We're gonna do that later in the week. I think we're gonna do a film room with some of his some yes. of his games from last year. But I've watched a little bit. Um, what I what I saw and just kind of the little bit I watched is you mentioned it, kind of a big strong dude, that a good runner. Um, I thought he made. I thought he was a pretty good decision maker too, and just kind of the the quick few bits I watch, um, kind of in command of the offense. And it was the first year in that offense, so I think that makes you feel pretty good that he can come in to a new place and pick it up pretty quickly. So probably a pretty pretty bright guy, really well thought of in the locker room too, well thought of by his coaches. You know, the fact that kind of Aranda would give him the courtesy of kind of saying, hey, we're going to go with the other guy before that May 1st deadline might tell you kind of what he thinks about him a little bit too and maybe a little bit about Aranda as well. But I I, I think he, um, he's he got a lot of physical tools. He's not – I don't think he's the most polished passer, but I think he's a pretty good decision maker. He's won a lot of games, and at, at some point that – matters right and then i think daniel also mentioned and we were going to kind of talk about he played byu last year so he um he's kind of got an he also played byu so he kind of has an idea what what they do too so game one he's seen it already as well as the team did last year and he does throw the ball um i did see he hit a couple shots down the field off play action that was kind of what they did so he's got a pretty good arm he hit some of those shots last year that USF missed. And I think Daniel just mentioned that. Yeah, PFF said he was a pretty good – and his yards per attempt for, I think, eight plus, which is not bad, better than what was uh, on, the, on the roster. And then I think an interesting way to contextualize this a little bit is um, – well, Joe, on the Fortin side, Fortin we'll, not we'll, really, we'll, Yeah, well. we'll get to that in a minute. Go yeah. ahead and finish the thought. We'll we'll because there's it's not just Fortin. It's there's a whole list of yeah. guys we'll have to talk about. <laughs> so, um, Bo Hannon in the transfer portal and kind of his his one year starting, um, you know, he was rated above Michael Penix. If Michael Penix would have transferred here, people would have been going nuts, right? People would have been like. We're going to be awesome. We're going to be unbelievable. So he was rated above Penix in the transfer portal rankings by 24-7. Now, you know, take it or leave it. But his stats last year were better than Penix's the last two years. So I think he's a quality guy. And at worst, what's interesting, right as of right now, it doesn't cost you any money to, to get anyone. So if he comes in is not the guy, well, guess what? You still got the guys you were going to have anyway, so it's. I think it's definitely worth worth the risk here. Yep. All right, so let's let's kind of get into the. Uh, I think to nuts real and quick, bolts. Real quick, Gary comes in. I mean, he's he won game. He he won a lot of games last year, and some big tough environments. So I think, I think he very well might be that guy that can come in. He he won 12 games last year in the big 12, which had some pretty good defenses in it. Now they didn't always win because of him, but they beat some pretty good teams and he played pretty well. So he led a really, he led actually two really clutch drives against Oklahoma last year to upset them. Yeah. So I don't think that stage and that kind of environment is going to be an issue for him. So yeah, I think he could definitely be that kind of guy. 
Yeah. So let's discuss the elephant in the room, right? It's nope. um, USF fans, rightly so, have been scorned by touted Power Five or other QB transfers since Quentin Flowers left. Okay. Um, spring of 17, right? No, spring of 18. They bring in Blake Barnett, who had transferred twice previously. And what in turn happened is you pushed out Brett Keane and Chris Oladokun, who is now a Pittsburgh Steeler after getting drafted in the seventh round of the 2022 NFL draft. What then resulted has been four years in the wilderness without stability at the quarterback position. Uh, Blake Barnett showed flashes, uh, could never really get over the hump uh, when teams had film on him because he started one game at Alabama, never never saw a field at Arizona State before transferring, and then came in as a starter. They got film on him and who was kind of figured out, got hurt, and that was kind of the end. Uh, 2019, same deal, injuries, bad, just a bad team overall. 2020 comes in, Jeff Scott brings in Noah Johnson and Kate Fordon. Noah started a lot of football games for Alcorn State and was very good. He was the player of the year, but he also missed time and his backup became the player of the year in the same conference. Cade is apparently made of glass is really what it came down to. I think he, I think since his junior year of high school, if I'm not mistaken, he had always been hurt at some point during his collegiate career. Um, and it happened again. And then you trot out Jaron Williams last year. You bring in this, Miami guy started a few games, showed some flashes. That Louisville game stands out to me, but just never, just never could catch up after being out for an entire calendar year, not taking a hit, just never caught up. So I get why USF fans would be hesitant to roll the dice once again, especially, you know, the context of Gary even being in the transfer portal is he got beat out by someone younger. I mean, that that's kind of, that's the only reason why he's even at USF's. He got beat beat out by someone who lit it up in, in the Big 12 championship game after he got hurt. And then you kind of come back and he's, I think he went seven for 17 in, in the bowl game, in the Sugar Bowl. They won, but he didn't have his best game. And the game before he got hurt, didn't really have a great game either. So there was a reason why he was in the portal. And maybe it's my maybe Steve's rubbing off on me, but I just the situation just feels completely different. And like this is uh, a very good thing for USF for Gary that it's just not quite as the same as all of the other situations. I could be dead wrong, Seth. Am I am I in the ballpark, or am I just completely off the reservation on this one? I mean, I think you're you're getting a guy that's played games. That's the I think that's the biggest difference. Played at a high level, not necessarily his his play every time, but he played, you know, power five football 
won a lot of games. I, I think winning definitely as as silly as it sounds, I think winning matters at quarterback. Like it's not the be all end all. There are times you can get dragged to wins when you're not very good. Um, but you know, in tight games, you have to make plays to win. We've seen that the last couple of years watching USF. They get in tight games, they don't make the plays to win. Like it comes down to are you can you make the play to win the game or not? And last year he was able to do that in a power five conference that had some pretty good defenses against some pretty good teams. So I, I think there you got to feel pretty good about that. You look at the Cade Fortin situation. I know um, I think it was Joe asked about that earlier. He was, but he was more referencing like, does it turn into like uh, the carousel of, okay, well not him now him. Okay. Well, it's not really him. It's going to be this guy. Um that's going to have to be a pr- proven, like, I think we just kind of go in assuming that until Jeff Scott tells us otherwise or proves yeah. otherwise, right? I mean, y- you go into this whole rigmarole about Kate Fortin being that, I think that was he last be the, that was a, a quarter be, and a half. I think that was going to be the situation regardless if somebody transferred in or not. Right. It, it certainly seemed coming out of the spring game. There are some people, there's a quarterback controversy now. So I, I just... You know, with regards to that, I think you may have gotten that. And and it really comes down to they don't have that guy that just kind of stepped up and totally taken over. Um, my guess would be that this is kind of also this also helps balance the classes a little bit in terms of where you have your players. because They have like they would have three or four quarterbacks on the roster that are redshirt freshmen or younger. Right. So this kind of gets an older, older guy in the room to help you balance out your classes a little bit. And then I I think he just kind of provides something you don't you haven't had and and I my guess would be that if you put Jeff Scott on truth serum, if Cade Fortin was ready to go last year and like I don't think he would think that Timmy was ready to play last year if he had a better option. Like he kind of had to play him as a true freshman. Was he ready? I don't think he was totally ready for for that, and that showed kind of in his inconsistency. So. You know, him, is this a demotion? Yeah, maybe. Or is it really a reflection on the poor recruiting that happened prior that you didn't have somebody on the team that was better than a freshman coming in? It was. It may be just that. So this isn't necessarily like Timmy McClain's not doing well. We need to get somebody to come in over him. It's really like Timmy McClain wasn't ready last year. We had to put him in a really tough situation. He performed pretty well considering, but he's still maybe not ready to take that next step. And if you have an option of a guy that's ready to do it, then you got to take it. Now, none of this is to say it's going to work out. I don't think this is like a total home run. The guy, as you said, the guy's transferring for a reason. He lost a job. He's not the most polished passer, even though he completed over 60% of his passes, which is good to see. And in that offense, they take shots too. So it's not like all dinks and dunks down the field. Um, So that percentage is probably pretty good to see. But you know this this is not a this is not a home run totally. But I think it's in terms of on field performance, not a total home run. But in terms of making your team better, I think it's a definite home run. There's no risk from that side. The risk is how this affects the other guys in the locker room. Yeah, and I, I think that Daniel kind of you know if, if Bryce Young got beat out, it's not. It doesn't mean he's 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 a bad option, and you see it across the country, right? Jalen, I heard some people bring up Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, he was he was going to be a name I mentioned. You know, Joe Burrow. I, like I, again, we're not saying that 
Gary as these guys, yeah. but uh, there are other reasons to you know transfer out. Even if you do get beat out, doesn't mean you're a bad option, as Daniel pointed out. <sighs> At this point, why why not? I think they I think they're still kind of in the running for that JUCO offensive tackle as well. I think they're they're looking to get better right now because, uh, I mean, you guys, uh, uh, you know, some of us here saw the spring game and there's talent there. <laughs> <laughs> There's talent. There, there's talent on this football team, so uh, why not? Why not take the shot? And you know, instead of bumping up to four wins, now you're, you know, your floor up being at three or four wins. Now it's maybe five or six wins, and maybe you you can steal a game that you didn't really think you'd be in. You know, I'm not saying they can beat Florida, but it's pretty early in the season. Billy Napier's got to figure out what he's got over there. Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson may get another speeding ticket for going, you know, 145 miles an hour in a school zone and passing a bus. Who knows? Um, but why not? Why not take a shot? Exactly. There, I mean, the thing is, I talked about ad nauseum on Twitter all the time, and everyone says that every single time. Jeff Scott needs to win this year. Jeff Scott needs to win this year. And then everyone's pounding the table. Win games this year. Win games this year. And then he makes a move to potentially win games this year, and people are now questioning why well, not he's like, making. Don't do it like that. Yeah, not like oh that. no, <laughs> no, don't do that. Like you're you're jeopardizing Timmy McLean's development. Like Timmy, in all things, like Timmy showed flashes of absolute brilliance last year, but he also looked like an idiot last year at times too. Like in in the most frank way possible, if. Gary Bohannon is playing in that UCF game on, on Black Friday. He scores on that last play, and Timmy took a sack and or had to lose the game out of the fifteen right from the out of the back of the end zone. Right, and and this is not an indictment upon like Timmy McLean and, and his playmaking abilities. Like he can make plays. There's just no harm in in basically letting him stew for a year, redshirting him. And then letting him take over after that if Gary leaves at that point. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, the, the staff putting more chips on the table, for me at least, you know, I, I think you'll probably see this uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. You know, they're not, I, I said it before as well, they're not done with the portal. They're never going to be done with the portal. This is going to be a consistent uh, thing for Jeff Scott. You know, Nate mentioned the offensive tackle that they've been going after in the JUCO ranks. Um, there's a few defensive tackles that they're looking at as well. And those were the three things that I thought that the staff needed to do in order to kind of put themselves in a really good position going into next year was they needed to bring in a veteran quarterback with starting experience at a division one school. That was the key thing for me. And I, I, I annoyed Seth at it more times than I think he's, he's willing to admit it, but that was like one thing I was like, they need to bring in a guy who has played a division one football game as well, because right now you have really no one behind Timmy and, and, and Trey Marsh. So you needed to get a guy with experience. You need to bring in another offensive tackle because it's paper thin there. And then you need to bring in at least one more defensive tackle, preferably that has, you know, at least a little bit of playing time under their belt. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is what the staff needed to do. We all know it. It sucks. Yes. Cause we want Timmy to be successful and we want him to, to flourish into a butterfly, but not yet. Let's just. Everyone was like Quentin Flowers. He's the next Quentin Flowers after that BYU game. And then I was like, guys, he's a freshman. He's played his first game on the road. Like he'll he'll be good, but 
he's got a he's got a stew for a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think that's um, well said there, Stieg. I, it's and you also another thing you mentioned a lot to me in numerous times is uh, how much you like Baylor's offense. So this is kind of a double dip for you. Oh God, I. I before uh, move have been been made by a uh, offensive coordinator going to Ole Miss. Uh, I was gushing about Baylor's offense and how efficiently it was run and how well it would look with the USF personnel that we brought in. And then uh, you know we just steal a quarterback who can probably bring a few plays from that playbook as well. Um, yeah, Baylor's offense last year was was quite to watch. Really efficient. Uh, utilize their running backs well which is probably the biggest strength on uh biggest consistent strength on the usf roster right now is you have a really deep running back room with about four or five guys that can pop it off at any time baylor was basically the same thing they had like five they had like eight running backs uh last year that that touched the ball uh and and it's a pretty good deep ball receivers as well there's a lot of similarities between baylor's offense last year and what usf is probably going to be rolling out and then we just took their quarterback from last year. So if Gary Bohannon leads us to a 12 and two season, by God, that's, that's all I can ask for at this point. Yeah. Uh, and they, they had some really good run after catch guys. And I think USF's got a really good run after catch guys that you just need to get the ball to. So if you got a guy that can get in the ball, really at this stage of where the program's at, every move that raises the talent level is a good move, right? So this, this move raises the team talent level. So I, you, I don't think you can say it's a bad move. Now, if there's a mass exodus at the position and then you're, you got Bohannon and then two freshmen and then Bohannon gets hurt, well, then maybe you messed up. But you can't kind of – you got to go – you got to think, of, okay, what's on the positive end? How can this positively affect us? Because, you know, bad stuff can happen all the time. And, and, and But to that, you know, to the QB room and experience, I think Trey Marsh has started and finished – one exactly one game in his career, the ECU game from last year. He's yeah. been here what three years now. So he started and played in a bunch of games, which are five, but he has not started and completed that many games. So the experience factor, meh. Same thing with Timmy. What Timmy had nine, ten starts last year. So. Plenty, but he was very, very, very inconsistent as we've talked about. So it's not like okay, if one of them leaves, you're losing so much experience. You're losing a you know a 25 game starter or something like that. You're you're losing a guy who's you know in Trey Marsh who may have taken maybe 150 to maybe 200 snaps in live game action over the course of his three years, who has already had one foot out the door and was brought back. And now I thought, I thought his post Seth, you and I really haven't really talked about it, but his post game comments after uh, the spring game were a little interesting. Would, or was I just reading a little much into it? It's talking about uh, Marsh or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, I t- this just made me flash back to his comment about how he's made a commitment to stay in USF. I was like, I'll rethink that one. I don't know. Like, that's, that's a tough spot to be put in right there. Uh, because you asked him about coming out of the portal, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Uh, that's tough, but um, <laughs> you know, I think he kind of went in the portal and saw that his suitors were not uh, quite what he thought they may be, so. 
at a certain point, the film doesn't lie. So, yeah. and Bohannon's got some pretty good film. So. That's also true. So, I mean, let's try to keep it a tight. We'll go deeper this week on on Gary's film. Can I? I just want one uh, one more. Th- Can we just talk about Jeff Scott stuffing? that nerd drinkwits into a locker and just taking this from Missouri. I mean, Eli thought he had cracked the op- open the door back at, you know, he got stuffed into a locker by Arizona state of all people. And then he's like, all right, well, there's no way USF is going to do the exact same thing, except they literally did. Yeah. He went over, this is, he's going to over the, yeah. yeah over the entire off season. Like, how do you, so that's do that? what I, that's what really leads me to believe that, you know, it wasn't like, hey, Gary, come on down and give me the old college try. It's like, hey, man, look at these guys we've got. We need somebody that can get them the ball. You come in here, you'll start. Right. Because I think that's what he's being told in Missouri. Yeah. And it's, you know, okay, he was in Waco, Texas for like four years. Do you really want to go to Columbia, Missouri for the next two years? Or do you want to go to Tampa, Florida? I think oh, that's a, I think that's a pretty big selling point as well. I think. You know, if they hit all the spots that they normally do, Sparkman and all that, I mean, that's the funniest thing of this all was I, I've been snooping through the Mizzou boards and I was also talking with a guy from uh, 247 there about this. Um, and, and they're convinced, well, not the Mizzou 247 guy. Um, there's a bunch, there's a contingency, like a QAnon uh, gap of, of Mizzou fans that think that white, we had like an NIL deal secured with, with Gary and that's how we got him. And <laughs> I, I messaged the guy, I was like, we don't have an NIL collective set up. Every NIL deal that has happened at USF thus far has been the player setting it up yeah. themselves and doing it themselves. We don't have like a collective or anything like that. And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> There was a wasn't there a mention of that in the ESPN article though. There was the NIL stuff. Gary had mentioned when he was looking around and and talking with like Pete Dammel and everything was mentioning that like NIL was a factor for him. But I think that's like the weather's a factor for him. Like yeah, that kind of thing. Like if some like there were rumors that he was being offered big money to go like be a backup at Oklahoma. Like an Oklahoma booster offered him fifty thousand dollars. That's yes. like that was like proven like that he that that happened. And I, I and was so, talking with Colin le- earlier in the week. I was like, "What is does USF have any NIL thing going on?" And he was unaware of any. So they've got like the the boost thing, uh, but nothing. I I don't think anything of substance unless you know someone else can chime in. You know, in the comments to let us know that like the boost thing's really taken off and everybody's. I've never even heard of it. What is, what is that? It's like it was boost. Boost. Yeah, like, it was what came out like before, like it was like official, like the NIL stuff. Um, but it's not quite uh, f- as fleshed out as say like the um, I, I this is the only one I can think of off the top of my head is like Mission Control for like UCF or like nine hundred one circle with like Memphis. Like it's not like fleshed out. It doesn't have a cool name. It's, it's, t- it's it a little bit tougher in Florida because they. I don't think the university can set things up. So correct. Yeah. Um, so an alumni or booster has to set it up. Um, yeah. and it's complicated. Like the, someone was I, like, why doesn't USF do this? And it's like, they can't. That's yeah. It's got to, somebody's got to do it. I mean, we'll just have to start the daily stampede. Yeah. And we'll, we'll just, just take, we'll just take a little, we'll just take a little bit off the top. So on the way home from work every night, uh, I drive past the 
the lot there's a lottery sign on I four um heading back toward Tampa and like every single time I see it like when it was up to what was it like four hundred million dollars something like that a few weeks ago maybe even more like I was thinking man if I first I would have to play the lotto and then then the next step is obviously just winning the lotto but like one hundred percent if I won and I gave USF any any type of money like the only stipulation that I would put on it is we break everything. <laughs> we break like yes. the daily no one gets scoops but us so like when we start breaking everything just know that one of us came into some money there we go. like that's that's just point blank period that's what's going to happen it's going to be written i will give you you know if it's close like 400 million dollars i'll give you 10 million dollars right now no one breaks a single thing <laughs> unless it's through us that's fair. That is pretty fair. I th- I think so. That's I mean we're we're the most dedicated individuals when it comes to this this university, you know. So I mean, ten million dollars, well, and now Brett now Brett McMurphy can't break things because he knows someone uh, in athletics. That liar. It's worth it. That's worth it. I think it's fair. But yeah, let's let's wrap up. We'll we'll get we'll go again. We'll go deeper. We'll have a film room session, cutting up uh, game film and stuff uh, of Gary Bohannon. But big night, you know, all around for Tampa Bay. Let's, I mean, shout out. You know, the Rays kind of screwed the pooch a little bit in the in extra innings, but uh, they beat Seattle a bunch of times over the last like two weeks, which has been really nice to see. Um, the Lightning. Tied the series seven three. Um, I, I got a little worried when they scored the second goal when yeah. Toronto scored the second goal, but they were able to battle back. Baseball, uh, baseball won the series. Baseball took two or three from Central Florida. That was nice. Uh, softball just kind of keeps rolling. Um, and then men's basketball. We'll get into it. We'll do a different podcast, but this was definitely a you know. You get a starting quarterback and you do a podcast kind of thing. Uh, Tyler Harris from Memphis will be transferring into USF, and apparently he's like an eighty-nine percent free throw shooter, so he'll shoot about forty-five here at South Florida. So that's that'll be fun to see. Um, but let's wrap it up here. Uh, you know, real quick, um, Seth. Right now, May eighth. 2022 at 10:53 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Will USF make a ball game in 2022? Mm. I mean, I have to say yes, right? Like you can't say no and just take all the air out of the balloon. Yes, you can. I'm not going to do that. Yes, yes, they'll make. Robert Stieg, will oh, USF? Fuck yeah! <laughs> fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! What am I going to say? No, I'm not. I don't have money on it. Yeah, sure. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've I've even been so far as to say eight wins. Let me read. Just, just, I don't know about that one. Uh, let me. Read, <laughs> let me, let me, let me I, sorry, I was reading something else. But I said, uh, so let me read off. Uh, according to twenty four seven, let me read off uh, Gary Bohannon's offer list coming out of high school. Real quick, it's Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, Memphis, Alabama, Arkansas State, Auburn, Georgia, Houston, Louisville, LSU, Mississippi State, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Tennessee. He could win the presidential election at that point. He's got the delegates. So I don't know how accurate all those are, but 
Yeah, even if it's half those, that's pretty good. So my really general rule of thumb player. is that if Nick Saban wants you as the quarterback, like you're usually pretty good. That's the you one know? I said. I don't know about that one. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if if Blake had a working Achilles uh the last like five games of the season, uh, I'm sure he would have been fine with us, but you know. There you go. What can you do at that point? Yeah, I hear you. Um, so I said in the offseason, I thought they could win six games. I'm still on board. Um, I went on local radio and said that they could win six games. So I'm fully invested. They're they're going yeah, bowling. See, that wasn't even like that. We, we can just say whatever on here. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's 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 in public radio now. That's yeah, that's on the air. That's scary. That that can come back to bite you. That shit yeah. stays out forever. But, like we could delete the podcast and this is all gone. But but hey, I feel even better now. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man, that's close. All right for for Seth, Steve, Nathan. Thank you guys for joining us on a special Mother's Day edition of the Bloom Naughty Podcast, proudly presented by Home Field Apparel. Go check that stuff out. Um, exciting times set in Tampa Bay. Exciting times in Tampa. Exciting times in, on Fowler. Let's have some fun. Enjoy the enjoy the rest of your week. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.